اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ ویلکم بیک ٹو انادر ایڈیشن اف 110 لیسنز فار لائف فرام دی ٹیچنگز اف دی کمانڈر اف دی فیتھفل امام علی مے گاڈز پیس اینڈ بلیسنگز بی اپون ہم ٹوڈے وی وانٹ ٹو لک ایٹ دی ٹاپک اف سپیکنگ اینڈ سائلنس سپیکنگ اینڈ سائلنس آر اوبویسلی ٹو اپوزٹس دے آر Uh, both valuable within the Islamic teachings, they both have their own place, their own time to be enacted. And obviously the discussion contains multiple angles or many hadith and verses which elaborate on this theme. Today we want to look at it very briefly just so we could get a better appreciation for how these two traits should impact our lives. When should we use them? How should they be used? Are they for everybody? Let us... Um, Look at the tradition for today that the commander of the faithful is going to bring about and let us see what he first of all has to say and then come back and do a brief analysis to try to better understand our responsibility in terms of speaking and in terms of silence. The commander of the faithful says the following statement. There is no advantage for a scholar to keep quiet about an issue of wisdom. just as there is no good in an ignorant or a foolish person speaking an unintelligent thing. Without a doubt, one of the realities of this religion of Islam is that God has told us many times, whether it be within the Qur'an or whether it be through His beloved Prophet Muhammad, may God's peace and blessings be upon him and his family, or the twelve successors of the Prophet, that silence is not an option. That there are times where we cannot remain silent. And we've also been told that sometimes you, know, you don't need to speak, you need to remain quiet at certain times within your life. When do we remain vocal or when do we become vocal? For example, we're not allowed to remain silent when it comes to standing up against oppression, against tyranny, against injustice. When we see wrong happening within the world, within our religion, we are obligated, each of us, And however much knowledge we have, whether it be a, a modicum of knowledge, a little bit of knowledge, or whether we are the top foremost scholar of the world. Sometimes that, when, you're at, when you have knowledge, silence is not an option. But at the opposite end of the spectrum, for those who have no knowledge on a particular topic, on a particular subject, silence becomes the requirement for that individual. And they are not to open their mouths and speak. So how do we understand this apparent opposite or, or you know, this contrast in silence and speaking in times and places? How do we better understand it so that we can implement it within our day-to-day -day life? Well, one of the things that we see from the hadith and from the understanding given to us by the scholar who has written the commentary of these traditions is that when it comes to scholars, religious or otherwise, but we'll focus on the religious scholarship for this understanding today, is that when a... scholar has knowledge of the religion and he sees that he needs to impart that wisdom because maybe impermissible things are happening within his community, within the society. It is up to that individual, male or female, whoever they may be, and whatever level of knowledge they have, as long as it is sound knowledge, to express what they know of the religion. Now obviously there is a method which has to be followed. Um, there are ways to speak, there are ways to convey these realities. And the individual obviously has to know what these are and how to convey the realities of the religion and what is happening in the society around them. But the fact remains is that when a scholar sees things happening in his society, in the community that they maybe work with, within their family, 
within their friends, they need to be able to speak up and make sure that their voice is heard, that what is being done is not a part of the religion, is not correct, and it must be stopped. Whether the people will stop it or not, that is irrelevant. The point is that people need to be able to speak what the truth is, even if others may feel, um, you know, don't want to hear the truth, but the truth needs to be spoken about, especially when it affects the religious teachings. But at the, on, the, on the other side, conversely, as the tradition tells us, that there are some people who need to remain quiet, who are ignorant, who don't know the realities, who don't know the religion, let's say, who don't know the teachings, but they feel that they know something, or they think that they know something, but they really don't know. Unfortunately, this is a problem that we see in our societies today, and again, a very, uh, to be very specific within our religious communities, that many times, unfortunately, many times, unfortunately, our scholars don't speak what the reality is, what the permissible and impermissible is. Sometimes it might be due to the fact that they, um, you know, maybe I don't even want to propose or suppose why they don't do it, but many times we see that this is not being done within the society. Unfortunately, on the other end, people who don't know about the religion, they think that they know about Islam, and they maybe have read one or two books, and again, they've read or they've heard a lecture, they've read an article, they've googled something, and they feel that they are authorities on a specific topic. And so, they sideline the scholarship from the community, and they come and pretend to be religious authorities. I think this is permissible, I think this is impermissible, I don't want to do this because I think it's not right. Unfortunately, this mentality exists in many of our communities. People who are half-baked mullahs, who have very little knowledge of religion, other than what they've read or memorized, and they can regurgitate, um, and they feel they become religious authorities. Unfortunately, this is plainly evident in many communities around the world today, where these people, because they have seniority, because they are maybe older, because they have a, lar you know, a louder voice that so they can push their own understanding of Islam on the masses, whereas what they are following is nothing but what their forefathers thought was religion. Maybe what they've read or googled or you know, heard about. These sorts of individuals need to understand that if they don't know, they need to admit humbly that they don't know, and to take a back seat to the scholars who do know, who have dedicated their lives to the teachings who have spent decades and decades of reading and research and who can truly understand and give back to the society the true teachings of the religion, not you know, a cultural biased opinion of what that other individual has. And so as the commander of the faithful says, and we conclude with this, is that we need to ensure that those who have the knowledge are given the freedom and liberty to speak and to be heard even if we don't like what they are saying, but it's based on uh, factual evidence and, and religious understandings and rulings. And those who don't know, those who are ignorant, those who are um, not aware of religious teachings need to take a back seat, admit that they don't know, and to follow the true scholars who are there to impart the true religious teachings. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.